Hello and welcome to the final chapter of The Life of Nephi by George Hugh Cannon. This is chapter 21. I'm your host, Nick Galletti, and with me throughout this whole book process has been Jared Riddick from Book of Mormon Central. It's been a long and arduous journey. Oh, not arduous. Come on. But but we're at Mount Doom. It's time to toss the (laughs) ring into the fires. So we have The Life of Nephi. This has been a biography, of course, on Nephi in the Book of Mormon, as written by George Q. Cannon. And uh, it's fitting, I guess, that chapter 21 starts off with Nephi dies. Mm-hmm. So we knew that was going to happen, yeah. kind of like Titanic. It's a, it's a bittersweet thing. Yeah. And this is a really interesting chapter because it is clear at this point that George Q. Cannon is very well acquainted with Nephi. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really it's interesting. That's, in my opinion, it's a sign of a good biography, where at the end you can actually feel the emotion of the author and the love that they have uh, for their subject. That's, of course, not true for all. Some biographies cover very difficult people. But um, <laughs> I think President Cannon's love for Nephi is evident, and this is my just personal opinion, is the way he almost models his obituary for Nephi after the obituary for Joseph that's found in the Doctrine and Covenants. You can feel just the love and regard that he held him in through that. Yeah, he talks about, he recounts a number of his experiences, uh, obtaining the brass plates, building a ship, being a temporal provider for his family. He was a hunter that gave them food. He was their spiritual provider as a prophet. He manufactured swords. He founded their society in a new land, taught them to be industrious. There were so many things. And he ends up giving this line about Nephi's life. He says, here we close the life of Nephi. He has shown us how much a mortal man who devotes himself to God and his work can accomplish for himself and his fellow mortals, and how near by the exercise of faith man can draw to God. It's fantastic he, tribute. It's an absolutely beautiful chapter to to read and to listen to because it is such praise for someone who he holds in such high esteem. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really quite beautiful to go through that. What are the things maybe have you gained from this experience and, and going back through this book? I think it's what I've gained is one, it was one of President Cannon's objects is that Nephi has become real. Um, he's a human being. He has his strengths. He has his weaknesses. He has a testimony. I don't know how to put it. He's a person. He's, he's not a mythological figure. Yeah, he's not a mythological figure. He's a person. And that's what President Cannon was trying to teach to his, to his readers. And I think he did it pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, I know myself, I I learned quite a bit about Nephi, but I also learned quite a bit about how we each can take the text and through our own filters interpret the lives of the people, their teachings. I learned a lot about George Q. Cannon. Mm-hmm. There's a lot evident about him in this in this Absolutely. Pages. I mean, so much of his experience as a pioneer, as a leader in the church, some of the things that he had hoped the youth of the church to learn based on what he drew from Nephi's life. There's a lot that can be taken from this text. And frankly, there's a lot that can be taken from a lot of other, what we might call rare texts that are found in the Book of Mormon Central Archive. Mm-hmm. So we're not finished with our, our series here. We're going to keep going. Far from it. So we have a huge archive uh, to go through. 4,300-ish items. Which we're clearly not going to be able to do all of those. Nope. But we're trying to prioritize a couple of the fun ones that we've been able to discover and 
We're going to do a couple short ones here that are one week episodes for shorter pieces. And uh, so what are those things that we've got coming up? We got two ones I'm pretty excited about. Uh, one is a first presidency statement that was given in 1916 on the father and the son, on the nature of the Godhead. And this is a wonderful piece. It was featured in the Ensign, I want to say a few years ago, but it was probably like 2002, so like 16 years ago or <laughs> time something. Time flies. Uh, yeah, time flies and you're having fun. And um, just a wonderful statement on the nature of, of Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ that we'll be covering. And then also, this is one I found a few years ago that I loved from the improve. It was a reprint in the Improvement Era of a letter... Harley P. Pratt wrote to Queen Victoria talking about the Restoration and the Book of Mormon and giving, as was Parley's want, uh, is perhaps overly bold. Um, especially <laughs> well, maybe considering the audience, it might Considering the audience, bold. but I'm really excited for that one. Be fun. And um, yeah, we're just these little pieces, these little nuggets of church history, of knowledge of the Book of Mormon that, that we'd forget about otherwise. There's also a short uh, 1898 pamphlet written by James E. Talmadge long before he was Elder James E. Talmadge um, about the Book of Mormon. That'll be exciting for us to look at as well. So there's some great stuff down the pipeline. We uh, are glad you guys have listened with us thus far. We're looking forward to, to having you keep on listening. Yeah. And please, please let us know how you think we're doing with this. Uh, it's kind of a different take on podcasting, I would yep. say. We really appreciate the feedback we've gotten so far. We, we'd love to have more of it. Absolutely. How can people reach out to us? Uh, they can reach out through the uh, Book of Mormon Central Twitter, uh, Book of Mormon Central Archive Twitter. It's got at BMC Archive on Twitter. They can also, uh, I regret this, can also email me at Riddick, R-I-D-D-I-C-K dot J at Book of Mormon Central dot org. That's uh, my work email. And uh, we'd love to hear text that you guys would like to see featured. We can't promise everything will be featured. There, there are permissions issues that crop up. Uh, that's why we're, we're, we started with this book from 1883, because we knew we were we able... We were free and clear. Yeah, we were free and clear. We could record a full audio version of it, because it's in the public domain. Um, and, and an audio version didn't exist either. So we're excited that we're able to provide that for listeners. Yeah. But yeah, uh, send us our email, reach out on Twitter. We uh, take requests. Yeah, we're we like requests. 1950s radio. We yeah. take requests. Yeah. Comment on SoundCloud, on iTunes, on Stitcher, yeah. on your podcasting apps. Subscribe, leave reviews. We'd love to hear back from you in any way as we wrap up this first, I guess you could call season or series of <laughs> yeah, the Rare exactly. Possessions podcast. Yeah, so stay subscribed. We have much more coming down the pipeline. But here we'll give you as the last chapter of Life of Nephi by George Q. Cannon, chapter 21, where Nephi dies. Indeed. The Life of Nephi by George Q. Cannon. Chapter 21 And it came to pass that Nephi died. In this simple language does Jacob record this event. He leaves Nephi's works to speak for him, and their consideration cannot fail to be of profit to all who will give them attention. The example of such a life is of immense benefit to mankind. It strengthens, elevates, and inspires with noble purpose all who become acquainted with it. No Latter-day Saint can read the life of Nephi, as he has given it to us in his record, without being incited to exercise greater faith, to live nearer to God, and to cherish loftier aims. It can be said about the writings of Nephi, and this is also true of the entire Book of Mormon, and in fact of all saving truth, that they bring the conviction of their divinity to the heart of everyone who reads them, in the spirit in which they are written. 
read in that spirit, they fill the soul with a sweet and heavenly joy that only the Spirit of God can produce. The career of Nephi was a most eventful one. He passed through many trials and afflictions. He was often in positions of peril. But he never yielded, never faltered, nor ever shrunk from any ordeal to which he was exposed. In every relation of life, he admirably performed his part. As a son, he was all his father could desire, and of this, Lehi bore ample testimony before he died. As a brother, he did all in his power to benefit and save his kindred. What his course was with those who followed and cast their lots with him, we can understand by reading his teachings, his labors and the love in which they held him while living and his memory when dead. He was patient, persevering, energetic and skillful, a man who was evidently born to lead. He exhibited these qualities when required to return to Jerusalem. Afterwards in the wilderness it seemed as though the company would all have perished had it not been for his good sense and capacity as a hunter. In building the ship, in its management upon the ocean, in teaching his people to work in wood and in metals of all kinds, iron, copper, brass, steel, silver, and gold, he exhibited his skill as a mechanic, a miner, a seaman, chemist, and metallurgist. He manufactured swords and other weapons of defense. He built houses and cultivated the ground. He raised flocks and herds. He built a temple, which, though not so costly as Solomon's, was constructed after its pattern, and the workmanship upon it was exceedingly fine. He taught his people to be skillful, industrious, and how to apply their labor to the best advantage. As a statesman, he organized society upon a firm and permanent basis, laid the foundation of civil and religious liberty, gave shape to the government and polity, and implanted in the breasts of his people such a love for and a determination to maintain equal rights that the effects were felt, it may be said in truth, through all the generations of his race. Understanding as he did the government of the Lord, before whom there are no privileged classes, he respected the rights of the people. While he knew there must be officers to bear responsibility and a properly organized government, he knew also that it should be based upon the consent of the people. He brought with him to this promised land the broadest conceptions respecting the principle of human equality and the rights of men. Some of his views were gathered from his teachings. Speaking of the Lord, he says, And he inviteth them all to come unto him, and partake of his goodness. And he denieth none that come unto him, black and white, bond and free, male and female. And he remembereth the heathen, and all are alike unto God, both Jew and Gentile. The nobility in which he evidently believed was the nobility of good deeds. The perfect performance of duty would ennoble the poorest and the lowliest, and make him the peer of the richest and the best born. While his people were true to his teachings, this sentiment always prevailed. They enjoyed the largest liberty consistent with the preservation of good order. Every man had the greatest freedom of belief. Theft, robbery, violence, adultery, and murder were all punished under the law. But there was no law against a man's belief. Persecution of religion, however erroneous or false the religion might be, was expressly forbidden and was made punishable. In this way, the equality and free agency of the people were preserved, and they were left at liberty to choose for themselves their faith and form of worship. So far as his influence and teachings went among the people, they were free, and the country was a land of liberty unto them. We here close the life of Nephi. He has shown us how much a mortal man who devotes himself to God and his work can accomplish for himself and his fellow mortals 
and how near by the exercise of faith man can draw to God. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Rare Possessions podcast. This concludes our series on the life of Nephi by George Q. Cannon. Please stay tuned and subscribe to this podcast as we will continue to showcase other items from the Book of Mormon Central Archives. Thank you for listening.